Hello and welcome back to Wafi Uncut. This is Wafi Ishmam. And today I'm joined by Muntasir Mehran. Muntasir, how are you doing? Been all right. All right, all right. It's been two weeks, uh, but finally the exams are over. And now we're back with some final day actions in Premier League, uh, Serie A and Ligue 1 that is happening tomorrow. But there's only one place to start, and that's La Liga. It was the final day today. Atletico taking on uh, Valladolid away and Real Madrid taking on Villarreal at home. Both Atletico and Real were were behind after the first half, but they both came back to win the match 2-1. In the end, the win was enough for Atletico to clinch their second La Liga in seven years. It was just a brilliant title race, but it was a bit weird as well in the sense that Atletico were first for the majority of the season, right? At at some point, it looked like they were going to clinch the title sooner rather than later, but they just kept dropping points while Barca and Real were just picking up points. Um, then towards the end, Barca and Real kept dropping points while Atletico were the ones who picked up points. And now Atletico deservedly clinched La Liga on the final day. What are your thoughts? Yeah, so basically... I think this is the biggest title race that uh, La Liga has experienced in uh, in several years. Um, the last thing you can probably pick up is a few years before where the top four was separated by six to eight points, maybe with five match days left. But this one, at some point, um, there were only four points separating the top four. And this just goes to show how much more competitive this league has, has gotten. And that's largely due to the fact of, of different coaches um, kind of dominating um, dominating the league. And with Barca, Barca of... at some point had the title on their own hands. If they had beaten Atletico, then they would have had a really easy run of fixtures. And if, if they won all of their matches, they would have clinched La Liga. But, they had, but then they, of course, drew against Atletico. And then they also dropped points later on. I think, I think the, the biggest match, uh, Barcelona gave themselves, like, I think, the biggest chance at some point when there was uh, 67 match days left. But that loss against Granada at their own home, uh, that kind of was the dent. Uh, that was like the nail in the coffin, I think, because then they, they ruined their momentum going in, and um, that's how they drew against Atletico. They just didn't have that uh, confidence. And after that, they just kept dropping points, allowing Real and Atletico to climb the, the tower. Yeah, about, about Barcelona's defense, right? We, we've, been, we've been knowing for a long time that they need good central defenders. Um, but they just keep signing forwards. Even for next season, they're, they're signing Aguero and I think also Memphis Depay. So how does, why would Barcelona not sign any central defenders when they're in dire need of one? I think that's the biggest question on everyone's minds right now, uh, especially when you're considering that Coleman uh, the new coach at Barcelona for the season was a legendary defender for Barcelona himself. And considering that he, he's, he's in charge of, of really, uh, you know, uh, restarting this club uh, to, you know, slowly get back to its uh, glory, surely he would start with the defense, uh, you know, facing, using his experience as a defender, uh, one who has won trophies with this club to uh, fix that, uh, that aspect of their game. 
but that's clearly the the, the least focused. And um, I guess uh, the, the part about uh, picking up Aguero is excusable since they do need a, a classic number nine to fill that uh, that spot. But yeah, the, the, the defense has been the biggest weakness that has really let them down. Do you think with the current squad, Barcelona will win La Liga or Champions League for that matter in, let's say, in the next two years? With the current squad, uh, if yeah. they make no change in the defense, they will definitely not win Champions League. But they have, they, I mean, they've shown that this season they, they are still capable of winning the league. Uh, they just need to make sure they don't, uh, you know, really bottle it uh, the moment when they, when, the moment when it's right, the moment when the trophy is so near. They just need to make sure that they don't bottle it like they've bottled many competitions in the past few seasons. Or just your final thoughts on Atletico and how Let they won go. the title. Uh, a few things. Uh, I guess they, they were the they were they were pretty hungry this season. With uh, since the beginning, they've they just kept winning and winning, and uh, they just kept making this margin so large between them and Real Madrid and Barcelona. The past decade or so it's just been a two a two-horse race uh, real madrid and barcelona and uh, atletico i believe won it back in 2013 it was 2013 14 2013 2014 not too many years ago but if you really think about it that the 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 gap was won by real madrid and barcelona and i think them being hungry and and the biggest thing i think the the biggest differentiator was uh, Suarez. Uh, why, I still don't, don't understand why Barcelona has chosen to uh, sell away Suarez for just a measly price, just for him to be the greatest weapon uh, in winning the, the title race for Atletico Madrid. All right, I, I guess the biggest question coming out of the Barcelona camp is Messi's future, right? His contract will expire at the end of June. So does he stay? If so, does signing Aguero impact his decision? And if he if he do if he does decide to leave, where does he go? I think I think he'll stay. Uh, I think really? that's a seventy percent seventy percent chance he'll stay. I mean, yeah, considering, I think one of the one of the reasons is that he has won a trophy. It, it hasn't been a trophyless season. I think that's one of the factors. Second, you have to bring uh, Aguero into the in the formula, you have uh, I mean they, they've had a good relationship for uh, for many years since the under nineteen World Cup in Argentina. But but like you said, Barcelona is not winning any title anytime soon. So if you're Messi, you want to win titles because it's towards the end of your career. So why would staying at Barcelona benefit you if you're Messi? I think. I think it's just about ending his. I think he's he's gone so many years with this club that it'll be a shame if he if he leaves uh, in the last few years of his uh, of his prowess. Uh, I, I think there is a chance that Barcelona still can win trophies, but they have to do a lot of fixing, and it's not impossible that they they can't win the La Liga uh, this season. They've had a good chance in the in the end. It's just that they didn't make their chances uh, count to the very end. Yeah, but I just want to also say that if you're speculating, um, there's also like a, a good chance that he uh, he's con- he, like he'll consider to leave since his contract is ending. Um, I think obviously the top the top teams that he can go to is Manchester City and uh, PSG. But the question is, would Manchester City be willing to pay such a hefty price when they know they're capable of winning 
you know, troubles uh, season in, season out. Uh, I don't think... Yeah, Ma- I think Man City is yeah. probably signing Harry Kane. <laughs> so I don't think Messi is going to Man City. Definitely But not that, yeah. if Messi does decide, decide to leave, I think the club that he's most likely going to is PSG. Uh, a little reunion with Neymar, maybe. Yeah, that would be nice for the football fans. <laughs> But yeah, it was a brilliant title race and I'm I'm glad Atletico won. It's it's a uh, it's going to freshen La Liga up a little because Real Madrid and Barcelona have dominated La Liga for for a long time and it's really refreshing to see someone else um climb to the top. So well done Atletico. <laughs> All right, now it's time to get into the Premier League, shall we? It's the final day on Sunday. It's a really tight top four race between Chelsea, Liverpool and Leicester City. Leicester City, I mean, they were they were again in the top four for the majority of the season. And now it seems like they're going to bottle it again like they did last year. I mean, if you're Leicester City, it must be so disappointing after after the season that you had well, you of course were won the FA Cup but then you got you got defeated by Chelsea and now you're at fifth level on points with Liverpool but Liverpool is ahead with goal difference your thoughts Montesir no Liverpool man Liverpool uh, fans must be you know kind of um, having a sigh of relief at the moment because of uh, the shaky season that uh, they've had and for what it's been they've done very well And with this season's uh, title race, I think Manchester City just showed themselves to be the powerhouse that they've been uh, the last five seasons. And Pep, man, um, I think it's I think they have this uh, they have their uh, their Champions League uh, will complete a treble, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Yeah, and, they won uh, the FA. They won no, not the FA Cup. They won the League Cup and the Premier League. And if they win Champions League, they're gonna complete the treble but i just want to quickly we know we know how good manchester city is and we can we can get to manchester city later but i want to get to leicester city after the season they had you know they kind of deserve to be in the top four but it it looks like they're going to slip up again well the problem is they just you know they've had a lot of wins uh in the beginning and you know drawing isn't their uh their biggest results and if you look at the the top five at the moment they have actually the actually the second least draws um man united chelsea far more draws they also it's, won more than chelsea and liverpool definitely it's just the fact that uh they just can't uh seem to be consistent uh with the way they uh with the, with the way they win and it's, it's either a win lose win lose they can't have uh, a streak as you would call it i think a part of that is, is figuring out their tactics right So Chelsea is taking on Aston Villa away from home. Liverpool is taking on Crystal Palace at home. Leicester City is taking on Tottenham at home. Um if you're either of these teams which which one of them should be more worried depending on their fixture. Because if if Chelsea loses and both Liverpool and Leicester wins, then Chelsea will be down at 5th. and it will be Liverpool and Leicester going to the Champions League. A, a, a draw is also not enough for Chelsea. So 
I feel like Chelsea has the most difficult fixture because we we know how we know about Aston Villa's attacking threat. They have uh, young Ollie Watkins in the front, and then they also have uh, Grealish coming back from injury. So if I'm Chelsea, I think I would be worried. Yeah, definitely. Aston Villa has shown that you know even if they're um, even if they're just outside of the top ten, they they can catch you on a bad day. And with the pressure on Chelsea right now, I think uh, I think it's I think it's Chelsea's mat, uh, match to lose here if they um, if they make a mistake on the counter and uh, defensively. Well, who do you think is has the easiest fixture out of these three? Okay, definitely not Leicester and Tottenham. Uh, I'll say. Liverpool and Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace is just from uh, just coming back from a loss. I don't think they have the biggest confidence in the world right now. Their goal difference isn't that high, and Liverpool, I think, is the most hungry at the moment. They have a, a good winning streak going, with four last uh, four of their games just won, and they will be looking to secure that fourth place spot. Well, Crystal Palace's manager. Uh... Roy Hodgson is retiring at the end of season. He, he had a big speech um, in the last match when they were at home. So I, I don't think in, in terms of motivation, the Crystal Palace players are that motivated, even though they lost 7-0 at home in the reverse fixture. I think if I'm Liverpool, I'm pretty comfortable. I think you're at home, you have all the fans behind uh, you. Of course, of course, yeah. Yeah. And, and I think we forgot to mention that, you know, the, the re... The re uh, Re-inclusion of, of the fans is a great uh, factor, factor now, especially if you're home. All right, finally, I want to get to who you think the player of the season will be. Uh, so obviously there's a, several candidates uh, in this uh, jam-packed season. I think Man City's players deserve a lot of shouts. Uh, Ruben Diaz, um, Kevin De Bruyne. But just, just to see, uh, I think the, the biggest the quality of... Uh, I guess the, this, the biggest quality uh, that we've gotten is from Ruben Diaz uh, as a center back, as a center back powerhouse. He's really provided a lot of uh, kind of blocks and saves, uh, not only in the Premier League but also in the Champions League. So all around, he's been he's been a great leader uh, in the back. Uh, you, you also have to consider Harry Kane, even though Tottenham hasn't been doing the best. He's his stats uh, both uh, um, as a playmaker and a goal scorer is up there. Mo Salah as a top scorer. So yeah, there's there's a few candidates. What do you think? Um, yeah, I mean the players you mentioned have a bigger chance, I guess, to win player of the season. But I wanna give a give a shout out to Gundogan because when the title race was still intact, right? When when Manchester City, Liverpool, and Manchester United were still in it. I thought he was really important for Man City because he was the one scoring goals. He scored, I think, two against Liverpool at home. Uh, he was in a tremendous goal-scoring goal scoring form. So I think when Manchester City needed him the most, he stepped up and he, he's the one who provided all the goals. But when Man City didn't have a striker, uh, he's, he's also deserving of the player of the season. All right, now let's get to Serie A. Of course, 
it's a it's a tight top four race there as well. Milan is taking on Atalanta away from home. Atalanta, of course, clinched the second spot. So it, it doesn't matter what they do. They're going to still be in, in the second position. Napoli is taking on Verona at home. Juventus is taking on Bologna away from home. If, if Milan and Napoli both win, it doesn't matter what Juventus does because Juventus will go to the Europa League regardless of if they win against Bologna, right? But if Milan or Napoli both drop points, meaning they draw or lose, and Juventus wins, then it's going to be Milan and Juventus going to the Champions League, and Napoli will be dropped at five. But since we have Napoli and Juventus having easy fixtures, uh, Napoli taking on Verona, who are 10th on the table, and Bologna are 11th on the table. So we can expect Napoli and Juventus to win. I think it, it all comes down to Milan versus Atalanta. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, if if I'm if I'm uh, if I'm Napoli, I, I cannot I cannot draw. I have to win. I have to go there and, and and get the points, get all three points. Milan, obviously, even if they lose, it said that they have a chance. Uh, I think they're still secured in the top four. Uh, top four, correct? If Milan draws and Napoli and Juventus wins, then Milan won't make it to the top four. So Milan, Milan definitely does need a win. All right. So I definitely think that uh, Juve, Juve obviously does need to go and get the three points. And there just we have to pray that uh, Milan and Napoli both get at least a draw. Uh, for Milan's case, that is probably the more doable doable one since they're facing Atalanta. And Atalanta basically is kind of secured in their spot. They're, they're comfortable. There's nothing really to lose. Um, they're not really... Uh, they already know they're going into the Champions League. For, for Napoli, they're facing a 10th place team, Verona. And that could be or could not be a hard match for them. It just depends on their confidence. So I think it can go uh, it can go many ways. Uh, we'll just have to wait. Yeah, I think Napoli will win because they're playing at home. Uh, Juventus, in theory, should defeat Bologna, even if it's away from home. But we've, we've seen how inconsistent Juventus' team has been. But if you saw their performance against Atalanta in the, in the cup final, they were absolutely brilliant. Um, and I was, I was thinking, where has this Juventus team been all season? So I, I think Juventus will win and Napoli will win. And then it comes down to Milan versus Atalanta. Yeah, I think that's, that's, that's a fair assessment. All right. Now it's time to head to France. It's a brilliant title race again uh, in Ligue 1. It's between Lille and PSG. Lille actually had this in the bag at one point, but a couple of draws here and there, and now it's a close title race. Lille is taking on Angers away from home, while PSG is taking on Brest away from home. If Lille wins, it doesn't matter what PSG does because they will win Ligue 1. They have a one-point advantage. Yep. But if Lille draws or loses and PSG wins... 
PSG will clinch their 100th league on in 100 years, whatever. Angels, of course, is in 12th place, so you can expect Lille to win, but I think the players will be a little bit nervous um, because they've actually never been in this position. So it all comes down to the to the to the ice in their veins if they're they can get down in the pressure and uh, clinch this title. Yeah, totally. I guess PSG has has the easiest fixture because they're taking on Brest, who are 16th on the table, and PSG obviously, you know, they they beat most of the teams in Ligue 1 anyway. So, yeah, all eyes on Lille. Yeah, uh, but can we just take a moment to applaud Lille? Because uh, in their 2017-2018 season, they were in 17th place. I think about that. They were fighting relegation a few years ago. Yeah. And, you know, that, I think that's it's not unheard of, but for a club to, to reach that's the number one spot. That's what all about. Of course. That's, that's uh, and to reach, to reach the number one spot within just a few years. Uh, that takes a lot of reform, and uh, yeah, just applauding them for that is, is, I think, I think it's just admirable. I think a lot of it comes down to the manager. Uh, of course, Lil is managed by Christoph Galtier, if I'm not pronouncing his name wrong. I think he has managed the team brilliantly. Uh, Lil is a really good defensive side, which is why they have they have conceded the least amount of goals in the league. I guess attacking wise, they still need to improve. Uh, but definitely, if Lille misses out on the title, they can still uh, be happy with given the squad they have and what they perform. I think the squad really overperformed this season, and ma- massive respect to the manager and the and the squad. Of course, yeah. Uh, obviously, PSG's uh, you know years of reign is. Is about to kind of been, I mean, it's been disrupted a, a couple of times. I believe back in uh, 20. Uh, I think it was, yeah, 27, 2016, 17 when Monaco. 2016, Monaco had, uh, had won it by, uh, by quite a few, actually. And now it's not, it's not the most unheard of for PSG's uh, kind of reigning years to be disrupted. But, you know, from Lille, uh, from the team of Lille, no less, is, uh, is quite a feat. And I think if I'm Leo, I have to win, and I have to prove that uh, you know I you know I've been the team uh, of League One. And of course, if, if you look at their record, they've only lost three matches. Uh, PSG with eight matches lost. Now that that comparison is is interesting. Yeah, it's it's the draws that have hurt a lot. Yeah. But anyway, all eyes on Sunday. We have really really. Interesting fixtures in League One, in Syria, and in the Premier League. Let's see who comes out on top. That is it for today. Thank you so much for listening, as always. And I'll see you in the next one. Peace.